0: Uh, we have a guest speaker Curtis out of town. Um, he shot a little video to kind of tell us what's going on with that and to also introduce our guest speaker so guys in the back, let's roll it.
1: Hi I'm, we're recording this right now and it is Sunday uh, February 14th Valentine's Day and my honey is recording me so that I can do the introduction here for JJ. Uh, but let me explain to you first what's actually happening. And that is, when I got back from Jim's memorial, uh, you know, great church that this is, I basically got met right at the door by John Yalkowski and Roger Maddox, who are our elders, and they sort of took me aside and they said, look, uh, we love you, we want you to get some time, we just think that there's a lot that's happened, and, and we just want you to be able to process, we want you to be able to... You know go after the lord and get healed up and you know spend some time with grief and and all the things and relax and and get re-energized and so on so and they said we even think we've got a little hole here that'll be just perfect for you and i looked at my calendar and i just looked at everything and i just went thank you god i mean this is truly the lord's blessing it is truly the lord's timing It is, everything has worked out beautifully. It just is the Lord. So thank you God, thank you congregation. Now, as I looked at what it was I was supposed to be doing, who's supposed to be preaching, what's God wanna do, and I prayed about that, the person that came to my mind was JJ. Now for those of you who know her, Julie Jenkins is a woman of enormous capacity and gifting. She is one of these people that can truly do just about anything. And at Lake Sam, at this point in time, she's done just about everything from lake sam kids which is so on her heart but to missions to many other ministry teams to strategic team to helping run the staff all kinds of things this is just an incredibly gifted woman and again so many of you work with her so you know this about her but not everybody has been able to see her much in this preaching gift that she also has women have and so on but i just want to say as i prayed about it I just went this is the person and then as is happening all the time now I went to her and I said do you have anything on your heart and she said yeah I do and it's I looked at it and I just went oh my gosh this is exactly in keeping with what it is that the Lord's doing with what he's leading us all into and so you're going to get to hear today from a woman who embodies the very preaching the very message that she's going to speak and that is saying yes. This is a woman who's very discerning, she's careful, she doesn't say yes to everything, she's very thoughtful, very strategic about what she does, but boy, when she says yes, she has counted the cost and she is in. And I'm telling you, what comes out of it is remarkable. The, having done this for so much in her life, it has totally transformed her into something remarkable. So I'm really excited for you to get the blessing today that the staff and so many others have had for so long now of Julie Jenkins, an incredibly dear friend, a wonderful woman of God. I'm just excited excited that you're going to get to experience God through her like we have. I love you so much. See you soon. God bless you.
0: So <laughs> as uh, as JJ comes up, for those of you who don't know, Kurt lives uh, really high up on a, in a condo tower and. That's what happens when you use your iPhone to film videos. So, hey, would you just, can we give a warm welcome to one of my best friends on staff, Julie Jenkins. Uh, Thank you, thank you, thank you. I have to say that that is not what Adam calls me most of the time during staff meetings. So, you know, I just want witnesses now. Write it down, document it so I can use that later, okay? Um, So, thank you. It is an honor to to speak with the adults. All the kids know that I'm in big church today, so they were just praying for me because I'm in big church. I usually get to hang out with your kids, which is super awesome, too. I love them so much. Um, But if you haven't been around, or if you don't know, or if you're a visitor, welcome. We're glad you're here today. We just want you to know why the elders came to Kurt, and actually the staff and the elders had talked about it before Kurt came back in town. Kurt lost two of his brothers. In just a short period of time, in about eight months, two of his brothers suddenly passed away. It's been a really difficult season for him, a lot going on. And so could you just please agree with us that we're going to be praying for Kurt over the next few weeks? He'll miss three Sundays. And we're just asking God to meet him and bless him and refresh him and restore him and just touch him in the deepest places of his spirit. So that's really important to us that you understand why, because he would want to be here, and we just love him enough to say, We love you. Go away for a while. That's important for him right now. So anyway, so good morning. I am so glad to be here today. Um, And when Kurt asked me about preaching, he told me that the the kind of the pattern that we were in, we were going to be talking about service, which has really been um, a huge part of my life and serving God and the ways God has blessed me and changed me through that. So I just want to start by telling you a little bit of my story. And I'll preface it by saying people never believe me, but it really is true. One of my friends is here today, good morning, Kim and Jay, they're here today. Kim, I've known you for 25 years now, maybe, for a long time. So Kim has seen part of the way God, so if you don't believe me, you can ask her later. But here's the truth. So um, when Kurt asked me to preach again, he said it was about serving, and I started thinking about the ways God had changed my life through serving. And so if you didn't know me back in high school, which none of you did, I was the quietest kid in class. And teachers would call on me all the time because I was super into academics. And I usually knew the right answer, and I would answer the question. But I was really, really quiet, really withdrawn, had friends, but even then I was pretty quiet with them. I was just one of the quieter kids. And in college, I remember I went to University of Illinois, which is kind of the UW of of Illinois University. So I went to University of Illinois on a, a really good academic scholarship. Math and science were my thing. I didn't know what I was going to do, but I knew it was going to have something to do with math and science, and I knew it wasn't going to be teaching. I did not want to teach um, at all. That was the one thing I knew I wasn't going to do, and I'd taken, I taken—I had a great scholarship, so that was awesome, and that's why I went there, and I'd taken computer science classes, and those were great, but didn't love it. Took um, economics and all those types of classes, didn't love it. Got good grades, but it just wasn't my thing, and knew that I wasn't finding it. So as many freshmen and sophomores do, (laughs) I took a bunch of different classes. Had an interest in special ed. Um, Many of you met my brother, Frank, who happens to have Down syndrome. And because of that, I'd done some volunteer work at his school and just had an interest in that. So I took a special ed class just because I was trying to figure out what to do. Still knew I wasn't going to be a teacher because I was into higher level academics. Special ed and higher level academics are... um, But one day, I felt like God said, this is what I want you to do." And I'm like, really? Are you sure? And I said yes. Um, got into that program. Didn't, real, didn't know till several years later that it was one of the best programs in the country for special ed. 800 applicants a year, they accept 15. I was one of the 15. So God obviously had prepared the way because that wasn't why I chose my university. I chose my university because it was one of the best academic universities in, this, in the state, right? So God's plan was just leading me along that path. And I remember one day walking across the quad at, at uh, U of I, and I heard God say to me, "Hey, Julie, do you want to make a difference in people's lives for me?" And I just said, "Well, of course, God. Yeah, you know I do." And He said, "Well, then you might have to talk to them." <laughs> <I'm> like, okay. <laughs> and then I was in a college uh, campus fellowship. I loved that. It was great. They'd asked me if I would lead one of the the small groups. And I know one of my friends was on the team that was making the choice about who to ask to lead their small groups. She told me later, they said, well, we think Julie could do it. We know she really knows the Bible. We know she loves God. But do you think she'll talk? (laughs) Clearly not still my problem, right? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But over the years, as I said yes to God, different things started to happen. And so then I got out of college, was... um, Teaching school, absolutely loved, loved, loved teaching school. It was awesome. Loved it so much. Um, and as I was teaching school, I would work with the kids' ministries at my church because that was my talent, and so they needed help always. So, so I was helping out, and people would say to me all the time, how do you work with kids all week and then work with kids on the weekend too? And I said, well, if God gave me a gift, I feel like it kind of belongs in his house first. So I would serve with kids' ministries. And what happened, interestingly, was even as a first-year teacher... In my school district, the administration started to notice that the toughest kids were making progress in my class. And so they would bring other teachers in to observe my class, which was an honor, except that the other teachers have been teaching for 15 and 20 years, and they didn't really like it very much. So it wasn't an honor for me socially, especially when the (laughs) current principal students that I had now were doing better than they had with her. But what was really cool, and I think it's a principle with God, is we give him our gifts, he multiplies them. So I was, you know, in the administration was promoting me and doing all of that kind of thing. And at my church, I was serving. And one day, one of our pastors asked me to come in and meet with him. And I knew ahead of time that he wanted me to meet with him about helping lead this one kids department. And I'd already been serving in the kids department. And it was a large church, and we had a lot of kids. Um, And I was kind of administrating the team. But when you're administrating the team, what people don't know is you can keep the microphone out of your hand really easily. (laughs) Because you can easily kind of juggle the pieces. And I, was, I would never be up in front. I would lead my small group and do anything with my small group, but if someone stuck their head in the door, I would be quiet. Because I could lead any group of kids, but don't put any other adults in the room, because then I'm done. Right? And I would never go up in front. And so I was fine with leading that group, but I knew that the pastor, when he was calling me in, because you kind of hear through the grapevine, I knew he was calling me in to ask me to take over a whole department. And that would mean I would have to talk to a lot of adults. <laughs> and I wasn't super thrilled about that and I was planning to say no but what happened during that week is over and over and over again this scripture I heard it at least five times in one week therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying out of my hands the one gift that I was confident that I had from the time when I was 567 years old I was always playing with the neighborhood kids all the younger kids were hanging out with me all the time. I was babysitting for a family with five children. By the time I was nine and ten years old, their parents would go away for the weekend, and I would watch their kids. And So I was always good with kids. So when I kept hearing that scripture, everywhere I turned that week, I knew I was coming to meet with that pastor and say no. I was going to say no, I'll help, but I'm not going to lead. But everywhere I turned, I heard that scripture. So when I met with that pastor, I finally said, okay, yes, I'll do it, right? So okay, I led that team, and and I was happy to just have my little class of kids, and God was gradually saying, you know, I want you to lead leaders, not just lead kids, although leading kids is amazing, best thing in the world, um, but also lead leaders, and God kept telling me that, and so I'd said yes to that, and fine, I was doing that, and then God called me to full-time ministry, and I was sure that women can't do that, and women can't be pastors, and so I said, no, there's just no, God, I can't do that, right, and obviously (laughs) over the time it took about a year before I said yes to that and then I said okay sure I'll I'll do it and I actually moved out here to work with a pastor um, in the Tacoma area at the time and I said yes to that call but I said okay I'll be a pastor but I won't preach I'll work with kids I'll work with small groups but I won't preach and I'll lead you know I'll lead departments but I won't preach and when they asked me to start leading small groups I said okay I'll lead small groups but only if we use the book like we answer the questions through the book because that's kind of a safe way to lead right and so then they asked me to be ordained, and I said, um, well, that, that meant I had to preach. And I'm like, uh, that took a long time before I said yes to that as well. So are you seeing a pattern? <laughs> Rather reluctant in my saying yes. Even when it's a promotion, I was always hesitant, reluctant, a little afraid to, as the word came today, put on my shoes and go. Right? Worship kind of totally set up this whole message today. I was was reluctant to surrender and say, okay, God, yes. And I was preparing my message for my ordination service, which was probably the first time I'd preached to a whole room full of adults. I'd had to do public speaking and different things, and I'd spoken to some women's groups, but I was terrified, and I had no intention of ever having to preach, like, you know, do this kind of thing. So it was the first time I was going to do that, and I was preparing, and God said, you're kind of just like someone in the Bible. And Talking about that, and as I was praying for today, we're going to dig into that a little bit and find out how just saying yes has changed my whole life, and I, I think for the good, and I think it's really exciting, so I want to share that with you, but first I'm going to be Kurt. Who's going to pray today? Oh wait, who is it? Who is it? Oh, oh, it's Rebecca. Oh, how awesome. You guys don't know how wonderful she is. She's amazing. She's, does that sound like Kurt? <laughs> And the truth is, I've gotten to know Rebecca. She is awesome and amazing and wonderful. And Rebecca, would you pray for the sermon and for another church today?
2: (laughs) Thank you, Father, that you are a good, good God and that you give us good gifts. We thank you for the gift of JJ to us. We thank you for the message that you've birthed in her for us this morning. We pray, Father, that you would... um, open our spiritual ears, that we would receive your word, that we would hear Mm -hmm. your tender whispers um, of who you are, how you love us, and who we are in you. We pray that you would open our hearts, that we would be willing to say yes. Um, This morning, Father, we pray that you bless your children in China as they gather to um, worship you and fellowship with you. We pray for protection over them each time We pray for anointing over the leaders over there that um, you would give them bonus each time they declare your truths. Holy Spirit, we we, we receive all that you're going to teach us this morning. We thank you. I pray all this in Jesus' name, and we say together, amen.
0: Amen. Amen. Thank you, Rebecca. When I asked Rebecca to pray, she said, I know you're preaching about saying yes, so I kind of have to, huh? (laughs) And she's probably going to, you know, kill me later for saying that. But I love you so much, Rebecca. (laughs) So, okay, so as I'm um, preparing this message for my ordination, God said, you are so much like Moses, it's unbelievable. And I just want to show you Moses' journey. Now, if you're not familiar with with the story, quick background. Moses uh, was born a slave with a price on his head at a time when the, the Pharaoh had said, kill all the boys kill all the baby boys, told the midwives to do it, they wouldn't, so Pharaoh said, okay, then just throw him in the Nile River, and so Moses' mom, when he was born, did throw him in the Nile River, but she put him in a basket first, so she protected him as she threw him in the Nile River, the uh, Pharaoh's daughter, the princess, found the baby, looked at him, she could have killed him, knew it was one of the Hebrews, could have obeyed her father, but instead chose to raise him as her own son, then Moses eventually finds out that he's actually a Hebrew, starts to identify a bit, goes to check out what's going on with the Hebrews, goes to see how horribly they're being treated by the Egyptians, um, and when he sees one of the Egyptians beating a Hebrew slave, he decides to stand for justice and <coughs> kills the guy, hides him, then everybody finds out that Moses did it, so he is now hiding out in the, in the woods, hiding out in the mountains uh, as a shepherd. Okay, He runs away, he's hiding in Midian, and he's a shepherd taking care of sheep. Okay. Now, God had a destiny for Moses, but right now Moses is hiding in the fields taking care of the sheep. And here's what happens one day Moses walks by, sees a bush that's on fire but not burning up, and he stops to look at it. And God speaks to him from the bush. Then the Lord told him, I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their cries of distress because of their harsh slave uh, drivers. Yes, I'm aware of their suffering, so I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and lead them out of Egypt into their own fertile and spacious land. Now go for I am sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people out of Egypt. And Moses said, Yes! Yay, God! We've been praying for this for years! I'm so excited that you want to use me. Here I am, Lord, send me! (laughs) Not, right? (laughs) Moses was probably excited that God was going to set the slaves free, but Moses was not so thrilled. But Moses protested to God Who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people out of Egypt? Now, in my life, every time God has said, I want you to, hopefully, I eventually say yes. Why I'm so reluctant, I don't know. But there's that, it can't be me. Now, God, please, I'm not good at that right? I don't do public speaking. I don't like talking to people. I like children. I don't even always, I'm sorry, I don't even, I do now, but I didn't always like their parents. (laughs) I do now, though, I promise. (laughs) Okay, so God and Moses are having a conversation. Here's what happens next. God answers, I will be with you, and this is your sign that I am with you, that I'm the one who sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will come right back here and worship God in this very mountain. So God says, Moses, it's okay. I'm going to be with you. And Moses says, sure, God, let's get our shoes on. Let's go. Right? Wrong. But Moses protested again. If I go to the people of Israel and tell them that the God of your ancestors has sent sent me to you, they will ask me, what is his name and what should I tell them? Now, I'm going to quickly glance over a whole bunch of this story of Moses to get to a specific point that I feel like God wants us to talk about today. And amazingly, beautifully, he had all of the words and the worship kind of lead right up to that. But I want you to know that there's so much more here. So I encourage you, go home and dig into this, because this next scripture, we could spend a year talking about what God is saying here. But God replied to Moses, I am who I am. Say to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, I'm sorry, I lost my place. God also said to Moses, say this to the people of Israel, Yahweh." The God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my eternal name, my name to remember for all generations. That's it, I am. I am what? I am everything you could ever want, think, need. I am. I just am. That's the name that God has known by, the name that has changed our lives. The I am is the one who's sending me to you. And that's the first time that God revealed himself with that name. So, of course, Moses is ready now, right? He's not ready yet, even though the I am who I am, and this is just a little side note. Kurt likes to do his rabbit trails. I'm going to call them side notes so you can kind of just, you know, put the other thing on pause for a second. If you study I am who I am, and you've heard Kurt preach about it many times, an interesting thing that the Israelites did was they changed the way that word is spelled. They took the vowels out. Y-H-W-H, so you can't even pronounce it because it was such a holy name, and they thought that they would keep it holy by not even being able to pronounce it. But if you study the roots of that name, it's a name that means God wants us to know him. And so see how it got twisted from a name we can't even say to where God was saying, this is my name. This is my name for God wants me, to to reveal himself. It's a name to draw us close, and what did people do? What did the enemy do? Cause them to use it as a name to stand back. Because God was trying to draw us close to him when he said, I am who I am. That's what he said to Moses. I am who I am, will go with you. And Moses is still not ready, but just a little fun thing. In kids' church, we often are using fun video clips that are popular with uh, the kids right now. Uh, We just recently did a, a series where we used Anna and Elsa from Frozen. To illustrate David and Jonathan from Scripture, and actually Becky and Joe's daughter helped write that lesson series, which was really cool. Um, we use fun things to help just make the Bible fun and alive for the kids. Interestingly, even as Kurt was asking me to preach and I'd said yes, not realizing that we had nitro this weekend, which meant we had an all-nighter with the kids on Saturday, Friday night and Saturday. Like, yay! <laughs> All right, did I really mean yes? Um, and I was—we were working with the team to prepare the lesson series uh, for February. The kids are learning the exact same thing today at their level in uh, kids' church from kindergarten to sixth grade that we're learning. And they're learning it with some fun videos from Poe. So I just thought, I'm sorry, Poe is from Kung Fu Panda. Let me explain that. You might not know that. I thought you might enjoy this.
1: Point. Oh, okay, sorry. I just wanted to see who the dragon warrior was. How interesting.
2: Master, are, are you pointing at me? Him? Who?
0: <laughs> you?
1: Me? The universe has brought us the dragon warrior. What? 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 what?
0: <laughs> All right, now in Lake Sam kids, we like to be silly and goofy and have fun, and we know that, and the kids know that Poe is not God and he's not really Moses, but there's just fun parallels. So we actually have fun with Poe and Mo, because there are many parallels between Poe's life and Kung Fu Panda. Even if you're an adult, you haven't watched it yet, rent it. This is Kung Fu Panda one. It's worth it. It's fun. Um, rent it. It's cool. But it's interesting to see how many ways Poe and Mo are similar. And God also says how many ways I am similar. When God calls me, I'm like, what? Pick somebody else, right? Moses did the same thing. Who, me, no way, no how. I can't, I'm not qualified. God says, I have a plan and I know what I'm doing. The next thing that happened to Moses, whoops, did I turn this upside down? No. Nope. There we go. Moses protests again. Even after God reveals himself as I am, Moses protests again, what if they won't believe me or listen to me? What if they say the Lord never appeared to you? I don't know if you're keeping score, but the protesting is uh, getting to be quite a bit. Here's what God answered. God said, Moses, what's in your hand? Moses said a shepherd's staff. Moses was meant to be leading a nation, but he's out hiding, leading sheep. And he's got a shepherd's staff in his hand. God said, Mo, what's in your hand? Would you give that to me? In my life, when God said, what's in your hand? It was kids. That's what I'm good at, hanging out with kids. It was kids, and kids are really important. Just a little side note, I was preaching for a a women's retreat in Denver, and someone came up to me and said, you know, your talent is really wasted with kids. Thank you, Chelsea. Uh, Chelsea's one of our steering team. Chelsea's like, what? Right? That's exactly what I said. I'm sorry, kids are God's most important people, right? (laughs) We're all important, but kids are really important. But she was trying to be encouraging, but here's the thing, kids are so important. Ministering to kids is a huge privilege. But with Moses, what he said is, all I've got in my hand is the shepherd's staff, and I'm safe here, and I'm staying here, and I'm not going anywhere else, because this is safe now. For me, what was safe, what was comfortable, what I knew I was good at was hanging out with kids, and it was making a difference, and that's it. And God said, will you give it to me? That song, I Surrender, God said, will you give me what's in your hand? Will you take that one talent that you've got and give it to me? And as I was praying and preparing for today, God reminded me of the parable of the talents. The parable of the talents where God said, I've given one person one, and one person five, and one person ten. We're going to talk about that a little more in a minute, but as we take what God has given us, he multiplies it, right? With Moses, what's in your hand? Will you give it to me? It's a shepherd's staff. And as he, Moses said, okay, fine. I'll give you the shepherd's staff. God said, drop it on the ground. As he dropped it on the ground, God turned it into a snake. Just to demonstrate that he has power. Just to remind Moses, hey, you know what? When I said I am, I meant it. I am. Moses then, he said, bend down, pick it up by the tail, and turn back into a rod. And God demonstrated his power in other ways with that staff. So now Moses has not only seen God's power in the burning bush that's on fire and not burning up, and by the way, talking, okay, kind of an interesting demonstration of God's power. God's heard, he's heard God's voice, and God's told him his most intimate name, I am who I am, and Moses is still hesitant, right? So God says, okay, let me just demonstrate some power actually live in front of you. This is going to help. So Moses is now ready, right? But Moses pleaded with the Lord. <laughs> Oh, Lord, I'm not very good with words. I never have been, and I'm not now. And even though you have spoken to me, I get so tongue-tied, my words get tangled. Anybody else ever feel like that when somebody asks you to do any public speaking, right? They say that's the number one fear, is public speaking, right? I totally get it. Moses said, I can't do it. I love God's answer. But the Lord said, who makes a person's mouth? who decides whether people speak or do not speak hear or do not hear see or do not see is it not i the lord now go i'll be with you as i speak and i will instruct you in what to say sounds like the word from earlier today get on your shoes and go i made your mouth i know what your mouth is capable of i made what's in your hand i know what it's destined for That staff that was in Moses' hand, Moses thought it's destined to lead sheep. God said, no, it's destined to lead nations. And do you know what that staff became known as? The rod of God. Isn't that cool? What Moses thought was just for leading sheep, God said, no, it's for leading nations, changing the world. It's the rod of God. And when you take it and give it to me, I empower it and make it so much more. And Moses, by the way, who made your mouth? For me, you might think, okay, God made me do stuff I didn't want to do. Actually, I have to tell you, there is so much joy in doing what I get to do. There's a principle in a book called Good to Great. Have you read Good to Great? It's a real popular book in business circles. There's a principle in the book Good to Great. It says, find out what you love to do so much that you do it for free and then get good enough at it that you get paid to do it. I have to tell you that not all got to go on record. Not all, but most of my job is stuff that I would do for free and have done for free for many years. So it's kind of a joy to be able to go, okay, God, I get to go to work. Not always every part of it. I won't say which parts, but some of you know, right? Stop <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. Did I say that out loud? <laughs> uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, but God knows how he made us. Moses, I made your mouth. I know what I made your mouth for. I know what I designed your mouth for. For me, if I had stayed in computer science, I would have been good at it, because just academics were my thing. I was, it was easy for me. I could have done it. I probably would have made a lot more money. But the joy that I have now, I would have stayed quiet, closed off. I, I was sure that I was made to be an introvert. Now, if you know me now, you know that's probably not true. But i that was, I, you know, a lot of stuff that I don't have to go into today, and my background, and family dysfunction, and all sorts of things. And I was sure I was just supposed to be quiet, and stay at a desk, and... No people, right? That's good. I have to tell you that God has made me so much more joyful and fulfilled and excited and the abundance of joy in my life from doing what God has called me to do because he knew what he made my mouth for. He knew what he made what's in my hand for. It's so much better. But it takes that will I give him my staff. What's in my hand, will I give it to him? So Moses, have you been counting so far? How many times has he said no? No four so far. Good, good job, Chelsea. You get a star. <laughs> Moses again pleaded, Lord, just send anybody else. God has already said, I'm going to go with you. I'm going to empower you. And let me just show you right here in case you have any questions about it. I'm going to give you my most intimate name. So you have the name that no one else even knows yet. And I made your mouth and I'm going to tell you what to say. And I'm going to tell you where to go. All you got to do is just say yes and open it up. And Moses once again says, please, God, would you just send someone else? Now, we know the story. Eventually God said yes, but on the way, Moses had some borders. You know that song, Oceans? Spirit take me where my faith is without borders or my trust is without borders. Moses had borders. His, the, his border's name was Aaron. He said, I, he still said, we're not going to go into that part, but he still said after this, God, send someone else. And God said, okay, fine, your brother Aaron, he knows how to speak. I'll let, you, I'll let him do the speaking. You tell him what to say and he'll, he'll be the mouthpiece, right? If you've read through Acts, read it. It's amazing. There's so much meat in that book. If you've read through Exodus, you know that later, by having Aaron in that position of authority, it caused a lot of problems. Right? Called the golden calf. Right? I've been been to India and got to do mission work in India, and they still today worship the cow. And I asked some of my friends in India, did that come from that same calf that they (laughs) made? Yeah. Yeah. All the years later. Okay? So, our borders don't necessarily help us. And Moses still had this border here where he was saying, Okay, God, I'm trusting you, but not necessarily faith without borders. I'm going to trust you with limits. But then I have to look at myself and go okay, God, I will, but I won't speak. I won't use a microphone. I won't talk to adults. I will lead a Bible study without a book. I won't, I won't, I won't, I won't, I won't, right? Um, my friend Kim was one of the many people who were, were praying over me, telling me God had a, had a bigger call for me and I needed to say yes to being willing to speak um, to adults and, and preach and, and that kind of thing. And I spent a long time saying no. <laughs> um, shockingly, now that you know my story, such a woman of faith and power, right? Um, but I remember one day I was at church and, and someone was preaching. We had a guest preacher um, and he was preaching. He was, wasn't a guest. He was part of our congregation, but our, our senior pastor was out of town and he was preaching and it was a, an evening service and he was closing out the service with a prayer time. And I'll just tell you because we're real here. He wasn't my favorite person in the world and I wasn't his favorite person in the world. Okay? Um, and my job in, the sta- is in our staff I was executive pastor and so I had to say yes and no to a lot of things and help keep things going and um, unfortunately, he wasn't thrilled with our staff about some things. So, and I was the face of that for him. So, that's just life. Work through it. So he's preaching and he's closing his service, and his whole service was about God's calling or something. I don't remember exactly what it was, but he called only. We had a large staff. He only called two pastors up to to help pray over people. We had a really large staff. I am not his favorite person. He has made that clear. But of course, he calls me. And as I'm walking up my seat to out of my seat to pray. I know my heart is pounding so fast because I know I can't start praying over other people to say yes to God's call until I finally say yes to God's call. And the truth is, even though I'm still human, shockingly, no, <laughs> um, I have not said no to public speaking since then. Now, that took a long time before I said yes, but I, I, a while ago, I was getting ready to preach for a retreat and a friend happened to be there and came up and said, are you kind of nervous? And I went, Actually, no, I'm not. I'm kind of excited. Wow, God has changed things. My point in saying that is I want to make sure that you understand that God is not calling you to do things that aren't what he designed to do. He made your mouth. He knows what he made your mouth Where's that verse? He knows what he made your mouth for. Who makes a person's mouth, who decides whether people speak or do not speak, hear or do not hear, see or do not see. Is it not I, the Lord? God has not called everybody to do the same thing. He's called us all to be very different us. We laugh every morning, um, every Sunday morning, all of our um, Lake Sam kids' teams meet together to pray, and as we're praying for our services that day, the the team that works with the kids in the chapel, I don't know if you can hear us, it gets kind of loud and crazy in there, that's on purpose, and we're always praying, God, let it be exciting and crazy, and we get excited about these loud and crazy things, and then we have the team that works with the babies in the nursery, Regina's on that team, and they're like, Lord, let it be quiet and peaceful. And Chelsea works with the preschoolers, and she's like, let us get down on the floor and play. We're all going to do it differently. We're all going to lead differently. Even within that team, we're all working with kids, but it's so different. Because God knows how, and he's not calling us to do something that isn't what he designed us to do. It's awesome. And saying yes to God instead of saying, God, please send someone else, is so freeing. I want to take just a minute to look at the parable of the talents. The master said, now here's what's happened already, he's given out, the master's going away, P- Kurt preached in a different, um, different context a few, month, a few weeks ago, but the master is going away and he's, before he leaves, he's saying, okay, to this servant I give one talent, and this servant I give five, and this servant I give ten, go do what you need to do with it, I'll be back. When the master comes back, he's collecting his accounts, and the servant who had ten says, oh, here master, I, I doubled it, here's your, here's your gain. And the servant who had five, same thing. Master, I invested, I doubled it, here's your gain. The servant who had one said, oh, God only gave me one measly little gift. One measly little talent. He's talking about money, but I think it plays into our personalities and our gifts and our skills as well. God only gave me one measly little thing. Okay, fine, so I'm good with kids. Whatever, one measly little thing. That's all God gave me. I'm just going to go hide that and bury it. Or Moses, I'm just going to go hide with the sheep and bury it. It's only one little thing. It doesn't matter. I'm not going to use it. I'm going to go hide it. And what did God say? The master said to the ones who had invested it, well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. But to the other who had hidden it, then he ordered, take the money away from that servant and give it to the one who had ten bags of silver. To those who, well, but they are given even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But for those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. When Kurt was preaching about that a few weeks ago, he was talking about it in a much more heavy context. But here's the truth. God says, I gave you what's in your hand to make a difference. And I want to empower that. We've been studying empowered for two years now. I want to empower that one thing I gave you. This is Julie, not necessarily God. But I think that everybody started with one. I think we all start with one. What is that one thing? But as we use that one, God multiplies it and multiplies it and multiplies it and empowers it and empowers it and empowers it and empowers it and makes it so far beyond what we could ever have expected. Just this weekend, I was trying to figure out, okay, God, so you gave me kids and I just wanted my own class and then you asked me to lead leaders and teach teachers and all that. And so, okay, I've done that. I couldn't tell you, but it's been hundreds and hundreds and maybe literally even up to a thousand different teachers that I've got to work with over the years. Some of them are now kids pastors in other places. Some of them are leading ministries. Some of them are leading in women's ministries or in other areas. And I look at that and I go, wow, I was afraid to talk to one. And yet God has multiplied that. And that has nothing to do with me other than I finally said, yes. I finally said, okay, God, what's in my hand, I'll give you that. And as I gave that to God, he can more. That same pastor who called me in and asked me to lead this uh, children's ministry department that I was intending to say no to back at the beginning of my message, and God kept showing me that scripture, stir up the gifts that sit within you. So I knew God was saying, say yes. God kind of made sure I was hearing him. Um, That same pastor was calling me uh, not too many years later, and he asked me something, and I said, you know what? Every time I offer to help anywhere, They ask me to lead. I'm on a team at work. They ask me to lead the team. There's an event at church. I say, sure, I'll help set up the tables. And they say, would you lead the event? There's a ministry gone. Would you lead? Every time I turn around, everything I do, they're asking me to lead it. And he said, "Um, did you ever think I wanted you to be a leader? And I literally went like this. I don't want to be a leader. (laughs) Now, what I can tell you now is I love the gift of leadership that God has given me. I love being able to use that and hopefully bless others and see others step into taking what's in their hand and giving it to God. Really cool that God did in a way that only God can is, I told you when we were planning our lesson series for February for the kids, that it was just kind of interesting because that what's in your hand message was already slated for the kids this Sunday. And I was talking to the team, and Jaden, one of our team members, said, um, you know what, I've already been praying about Moses, so I know I'm supposed to preach that message. And usually our team, they love doing everything, but there's not very many of them who like to preach the kid's message. They like to do almost everything else, but the, the message part of it, some of them are just a little bit hesitant about, like me, who made your mouth, right? So um, so Jaden said, I know I'm supposed to preach that message. And as he started praying and working that through and, um, you know, seeing what God would say and digging through the scriptures and start a message together, he and I met to kind of do our preach call. You know how Kurt does a preach call with people. Jaden and I met to do that, and Jaden said, you know, uh, J.J., did you forget that this is my story? I'm like, what are you talking about? Well, when I first came to the church, we were getting ready to go to summer camp, and I needed some counselors, and I didn't know a lot of the youth yet. And I was asking, I need some guys. I need some guy counselors who could could come with us. I think Spencer Chin was coming, but we needed more help. And I'm asking, and I asked you, Adam, and you gave me some names, and you told me Jaden McKinney, but I didn't know Jaden. And I actually went to somebody else thinking it was Jaden because I didn't know Jaden at all. But then I found who Jaden was. He came in my office, we sat down, we met, we prayed, we talked. He came. You know what Jaden has been doing ever since? Leading your kids. Ever since. Every camp, every event. He's so in all in for leading kids because he said yes to going to camp. And so he said, as he was praying, he's like, Well, that's my story that I'm telling. I'm like, "Ah, that's my story that I'm telling today. So he told your kids they get to quiz you after church. You know, (laughs) you better be paying attention today. But God says, if you take whatever that one thing, two things, whatever that is in your hand, if you give it to me, I'm going to empower it. I'm going to make it so much more. I'm going to take that and use that. And here's what God does. He intentionally asks us to do something that we're not comfortable with. On purpose. Because if you were comfortable with it, you know who'd be doing it? You. He wants it to be something that's outside your comfort zone. So if you're saying, but I'm scared, but I can't, but I don't like to, but I don't know how, but I, but I, but I, but I, who do we sound like? Moses, right? At least five times that are recorded in scripture, Moses protested. So if that's what you're saying, good, because it's not supposed to be just you. And many of you, I know that some of you have been believers longer than I have, you know Jesus, you've said yes to him many times, but I feel like every day, every season of our life, there's a new yes he's asking us for. And I know for me how easy it is to get into my new comfort zone and stay safe there. God says, would you say yes to the next thing? And we have a practical way, we're going to talk about that in a second, but even before we do that, just want to ask you to start saying, okay, God, what's the latest thing that I know already? Like that time that someone was preaching at my church and my heart was faster as I walked up to the platform because I knew what God was calling me to do and I knew what I was saying no to. That might be you. And if you've got that in your mind right now, that's it. So just know that that's what God is saying. And if you don't, it might be the next time someone calls you in their office and says, hey, would you, hey, could you, hey, try it. We don't know what it is. Sometimes we do, sometimes we don't, but try it. There's nothing wrong with trying. Getting into that, uh, what's that song, Oceans Take Me Where My Trust Is Without Borders, lead me deeper where my feet could never wander. It's not supposed to be something you could do. It's supposed to be something more than what you could do. Because if you can do it on your own, you don't need his empowerment. He's asking you to get out of the boat to where you can't do it on your own. An interesting thing that God does, he says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do what I say? I think it's, uh, this is, uh, I don't know if this phrase works. It's worked for me. Gently ironic. Where's Amy? Amy, does that work? Gently ironic. God's gentleness that he is Lord, creator of the universe, king of kings, Lord of lords, he doesn't have to ask me to say yes, right? He is in charge. He does not have to wait for my yes, but in his love and his compassion and grace, he waits till I say yes. Even the times when I've been reluctant like Moses, and I've held back, and I've held back, and I've held back. God is gently ironic in saying, you call me Lord, and I'm waiting for you to say yes. Because what does Lord mean? I don't need to say yes. As soon as I called him Lord, I already said yes. As soon as I said yes, that's it. He's, he's the king of kings, Lord of lords. He's in charge. I don't have to say yes again. I did. I called him Lord. That meant yes right? But we have this thing in us that we get a little scared. This is one of my favorite verses in the Message Bible. Are you tired, worn out, then come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. I love this. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. God knows your mouth, so even as you're hesitant to say yes, and even as gentle and loving as it is for the King of Kings and Lord of Lords to say to you, the one who's already called him Lord, Lord, and you're not doing what he says, you're like, you're calling me Lord, Lord, and I'm not. It doesn't make, doesn't compute, right? That God to wait for your yes, because he wants it to come from your heart. He's not forcing it. He's not. He does not call you slave. He calls you sons and daughters. And he waits for your yes, because he loves you so much, but he also won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. He won't give you something that's not what he designed for you. So even as you're saying, I can't, if you had told me that I would preach and actually enjoy preaching, my friend Karen could tell you I actually, not hard, but I kicked her one time when she was saying, that's what God has you to do. I'm like, go away from me. No way. But God knows what he made your mouth to do, God knows what he designed that that's in your hand for, and he won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. So the God who's asking you to say yes is a God who loves you and has so much more for you. Before we talk about what the card in front of you is for, I'm going to ask you to pick it up and just turn it over. Don't even read the front yet. I know, teachers will tell you, don't let them look at it. Just pick it up, turn it over on the back. I want to take a moment. Greg, could you come up? I want to take a moment and just let you ask God... God, what is it that you're calling me to? You might know, you might not, but just what is it? What's my yes? And as you do that, I want you to read this. This is from Rick Warren. Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, I say, however, whenever, wherever, and whatever you ask me to do, my answer in advance is yes. Sometimes I ask your kids to serve, to help with something, and they go, well, it depends, what is it? That's not serving, that's picking, (laughs) Serving is, my niece at at, at her church, they have a great culture of serving, and she's like, I get to serve today. (laughs) Serving God is an honor and a privilege, and whatever God asks us to do, it's not about picking. This is saying, God, I'm not picking. Whatever it is, I'm already saying yes. I'm already in God, because you're my Lord. Lord, Lord, I am what you say. And you guys can call me on it, and some of you have. I'm going to say yes, and I hope I'm going to say it faster and faster every time. When Kurt asked me to preach today, and I said yes, and then looked at my calendar, and I saw it had nitro, I'm like, no, and I could have gotten out of it, but I'm like, no, God said say yes, so I said yes. God has so much more for us, and the abundance with those talents as they use them and God multiplied them, the joy of that is amazing because you know it wasn't you, it was God. So we're going to just let Greg pray for, play, pray, play, pray and play. We're going to let Greg play for a minute and just ask God and what the reason I asked you to turn your card over is could you just write what your yes is what's your yes what is God asking you to do and I maybe not but I think with the flow of the service today a lot of us already know and if you don't that's okay be like Rick Warren's quote whatever it is God I'm already in whatever it is God it's already yes whatever you've called me to God I'm gonna say yes would you do me a favor and just write that on the back We'll talk about what the front of the card is for in a minute. Would you just write on the back what your yes is? We'll take just a minute to pray and let God speak to us. So, Lord, we thank you. Thank you, Lord, for a gentle God who invites and waits for our response. And, Lord, I pray today that, God, in all of our hearts, you would be stirring up. Yes, what it is that you're calling us to do. What's in our hand that you're calling us to give to you? What talent you've given us that you want us to, as we give it to you, you want to multiply it and expand it and make it so much more abundant than we could ever have asked or thought or hoped for. God, thank you that that's who you are. You're a good, good father, as we were saying in Word. You love to bless your children, and you also know what you created your children for. You know it gives us the greatest joy, the greatest abundance, the greatest freedom, the greatest fulfillment in our lives. And Lord, you're waiting for our yes so that you can pour that out. So Lord, I pray that we would, as as that call to radical commitment by Wick Warren says, we would say, God, whatever, wherever, whenever, in advance, my answer is yes. Lord, I want to live that kind of life. Where my answer to you is yes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Okay, so for just a moment, we're just about done, but for just a moment, I wanna ask that card over now and look at the front of that card. And this is the week that we would normally be talking about getting involved and serving. And here's what I wanna tell you: one, it's awesome. Or as we say with the kids, it's awesome sauce. Serving is amazing. There's such joy in serving God and it's not I have to serve, it's I get served. It's a privilege and it's exciting to see what God will do through you as you offer up that what's in your hand to him. The other thing that's really important about serving is if you don't feel like this is your church family yet, can I say this nicely and lovingly? Get out of the parlor. If the reason you don't feel like this is because when you're a guest, you stay in the parlor and you wait to be served. When you're family, we're all pitching in. This is our family, we all work together. And whatever that is in your hand, I can tell you from my life, God multiplied my abilities in my workplace as I gave my abilities to him in his house. And we want you to find that place where it's joyful and fun to serve. I, I'll just promote like Sam Kids, cause you know, it's the best team. <laughs> but if you don't know, if you've never served somewhere before, try something. Check it out, hang out with the team. Our teams become our parts of the family, they become community. They actually like hanging out together. We were at a big event with uh, the kids this weekend and and, uh, John, you heard the speaker say, you had to beg your leaders to come with you. I have to tell you, for our leaders, I had more leaders than I need and we just went, okay, more can come. Because they love hanging out together and they love hanging out with your kids. Now, I don't have more leaders than I need every Sunday. My steering team is gonna kill me if I say that. There's lots of openings in all of our ministry areas. Some of them are listed here. If you haven't served yet or you wanna change to a new place of service, would you please fill this out? The thing that I asked you to write on the back, that's not going anywhere, I'm just going to look at it and pray over it and sometimes writing it down makes you accountable, even to yourself, even to God. That day that that pastor was preaching and I had to walk up to the altar, those steps up to the altar were my writing it down, right? So writing it down, that's just to make you accountable and if you're—if you, it's something that you don't want anybody to see, pick up another card, but would you please fill this out and ask God, where is it that you can be a part of the community, a part of the family, where is it that what's in your hand can bless others and make a difference? For his namesake, sake so if you could sign up and it's not just community it's us as well but i got to tell you if this is your house we need your help we, we invite you to serve and it's joyful and fun to do so so we'll take a few minutes if you could fill that out and then the ushers will come forward and collect it and adam will lead us in communion thank you and i will
1: call upon your name